Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast. Brought to you in part by GSM Outdoors. Hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw. We bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. We are here today with Poole and Beamer. Guys, what's happening? <laughs> Jacob, what's happening in your world? Well, I was fixing to say, I think today's topic is more of what's not happening. Uh, <laughs> you know, we or were talking about. slightly been delayed. Yeah, we were talking about before the show started, you know, some of the accidents and some of the things that's been going on in Beamer's world and. You know, we were talking about just making today's episode instead of doing it about hunting and fishing, about some of the things not to do in the hunting and fishing environment. Uh, mm-hmm. Might be a, a better way of uh, let, let's go over some safety issues maybe today or tell what we did that did not work out so well. <laughs> I think Beamer, you know, I, I, I know we really haven't, we hadn't had a chance to talk about it. Beamer's been a... Uh, He's been in a bind here the last what, Beamer, couple weeks. So we haven't had a chance to catch up with you to get the get the latest on the luckiest man alive. Well, it, it's kind of like a self fulfilling prophet. You know, we talk every every we close every show with me telling some silly uh, trick that I pulled that's got myself hurt. And you know, I was I, I kind of paused a couple weeks ago trying to think of one. You know, and and I think it was that pause that that. Let, <laughs> that led God to go like this. Okay, he's pausing to have to think about his stories. Um, here's How about a good one. one. Yeah, we're, <laughs> in, we're in. we'll dump a good one on it. Yeah, let's give him let's give him new material to work with. Well, it's even worthy of uh, a feed on the front end of the show. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be pretty well the whole show. Hello, <laughs> let's, man. let's take this to a whole new level. We're not really discussing anything today other than accidents and what not to do well here's here's what's crazy about this whole thing and i and i'm pretty cautious when it comes to running a chainsaw um i've seen what they can do i've seen trees come down and snap off and take people back 20 30 feet you know and break some ribs or stuff like that so i'm really cautious with it but but the catch of all this is is and, and i always wear safety glasses when i'm doing it I threw on a hard hat, and I threw on a hard hat kind of in a chuckle to my buddies there that were helping me cut this tree, and I'm going to explain this tree to you because it's got demonic tendencies to it, too. Um, but it, it was it was one of those things, as a joke, my wife had just broke ground on a property in Wanakee in the industrial park, and for the pictures, you know, I guess I'm a partner in, in the building, so they, they had me, they gave me a hard hat. And I took the pictures wearing this this big hard hat on, you know, and it's actually a real hard hat. And I got to keep it. I threw it in the back of the buggy. And, and then when I threw my chainsaw and stuff in the back of the four-wheeler or the UTV, I uh, I grabbed my hard hat. Now, I had been cutting for about an hour and a half and no, no issues. And then we decided to take on the devil tree. And it is a forked giant. It is about 28 inches in diameter, big dogwood, big fork on it. It was cut two weeks prior, and it left its entire stump, slid off of it, and leaned against these bunch of poplar trees, but did not fall down. 
And Ryan Zimmerman, a great friend of mine, and I were going to take the poplars down and get this thing to fall so it wouldn't fall on the fence and wreck the fence. And so we what? So hold on. So we wasn't gonna we wasn't cutting the dogwood to begin with. We were cutting uh, the trees that it was leaned on. Uh huh. Yeah. See, right? Okay. Yeah, Beamer, in so, our part of the country, so, yeah. that's what they call a widow maker. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It's a it's right, a right. leaning snag. That's a death trap all the way around. Yeah, and I I, I can understand that that uh, nickname to that. Um, it was, it was pretty close to doing exactly what it's supposed to do with that name. But this thing here, uh, we were cutting and I was actually like off to the side and Ryan's bar on his chainsaw got hung up in one of the lower trees. And I went over there and, and, and you know, I'm going to back up one second. I put this hard hat on five minutes before we, we got to this point. All right. The point where I'm walking over to Ryan's bar being stuck in, in his chainsaw bar being stuck in the tree i put the hard hat on and i clicked a picture of it me wearing the hard hat got my walker safety glasses on i got walkers here in protection on and, and i sent it to my wife and there i am smile sunrise hard hat safety glasses here in protection oh she'll prove ready yeah. to go ready to go ready to go so i got over to ryan where his bar was stuck in this tree and I'm a, a fairly stout man, even at 55, I, I feel like I can do a lot of things still. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. Well, I got that tree bent where he could get that bar out of it. Well, that tree having no connection to earth anymore, uh, was, you know, it just still didn't have a trunk or anything. It just slid around this clump. It, it decided to target me. <laughs> and, uh, I heard Ryan holler. I looked up and it had broke through the poplars and had me in its sights. I balled up, you know, like a roly poly, you know, like you see on the sidewalk when you were a kid, you know, you used to play with them, they roll up. I rolled up like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it hit me good and square across the back, across the shoulder blade and popped me open. Um, I was like a human pimple. And, uh, I, I, I remember screaming, uh, to get this, uh, euphemistic, euphemistic, a lot of bad words, a lot of bad words, tree off my back, it broke my back. And I remember my octave level was so much higher than anything I've ever experienced. <laughs> now, I have ruptured my testicles when I was a kid, and it, it screamed at a high pitch. There was nothing that compared to the vulgarity string and the octave level that I had reached screaming. And so Ryan and, and two other guys are coming over there and they're, they're trying to get this tree. Well, they can't move it off of me. Okay. So I the tree's my, on top of you. It didn't just hit you. It actually landed on top of you. Landed on top of me. My head is in the fork of this tree. If you can picture that, the, one of the forks is across my shoulder blade, across my back. And it has me pinned to the earth in which ways I can't even explain. My left leg is somehow underneath the trunk farther down towards the, the, you know, the other, the ground. Okay. And I'm sprawled out like this. Well, they're trying to get it moved and they can't get it to budge. Well, there's 12 guys out there at the camp. So they're starting to come around and, and I, I haven't let up on my screaming and I, I'm hurt. And, uh, they got one limb cut on this thing and the whole tree shifted. And when it shifted, it took my head and pushed it straight to earth. 
and my throat was lodged on another log on, on one of these poplars and there was zero air. And I remember telling myself that I can hold my breath for three minutes when I'm underwater because I always screw around with my kids. I said, I'm going to, I'm just going to hold my breath here and I'm going to see what comes out the other side. And I really thought I was gone. I, I, I did not think that I would ever see that. And I just kept sitting there and staring into the dirt, staring at the, And I talk about wearing safety glasses. You know, you should always wear them when you work, work with a chainsaw anyhow. But my face was forced down into this earth and there was stuff stuck into my skin and my face uh, that had I not had safety glasses on, my eyes would have been poked out. There's no doubt about it. The hard hat was hit so hard on the back of my head that it cut a plaid pattern of the straps into my balding skull. And it, it if it would have hit, if the bark would have hit my raw skull, it would have stuck to it. It would have killed me instantly. There's no two ways about it. So between the hard hat and, and butt safety glasses, um, I'm laying there not breathing. Okay. I'm, I'm choked out <laughs> and it, it's not good. They got the tree off of me, uh, in about a minute and a half. They said I wasn't sure. Um, I was able to start screaming again. And as they tried to pull me from this and, and move me, I, I knew my back was broke, but my foot was stuck underneath the tree and when they lifted that off of that, when they, when they all got together and they lifted the whole tree off of my leg, I thought I was paralyzed because I couldn't feel my left leg at all, but I could feel my right toes. And then I started to feel a little bit better. I, I, I could hardly breathe. You know, I, I felt like my whole rib cage and my back was crushed, but I sat there and my pain started coming into my left leg. And when it did that, I felt really good that I had broke my spine and uh, I, ha- I had I had feeling in my legs because I could wiggle my right feet. I couldn't move anything on my left, but the pain was coming in. And I, I laid there and I said a couple more things about trees and, and stuff that grows that's heavier than I am, and gravity and earth and moon phases. And But I was uh, I was medevaced out of there. Uh you know, wonderful helicopter. Thank God for first responders. Both the uh, Barnville Fire Department, uh, first responders, the ambulance team. Ashley, those people there, they, they were to my rescue within 15, 20 minutes. Got me on a backboard. Uh, got me out away from that tree because me and it weren't getting along very well, as you would know if you if you recorded that conversation. But uh, I sat there for about 15, 20 minutes. Then the helicopter landed. And uh, they they loaded me up in the ambulance, got me to the helicopter, and I, I flew in to uh, University of Wisconsin Hospital, where I had uh, three broken uh, processes off of my vertebrae in my back. Let's see, I had two tarsal bones broken in my foot, three dislocated toes, a broken ankle. But I had my spinal column. And I had feeling in all of my extremities. And I am blessed to beat the band to be here to tell you this one. Now, if God thinks he's going to turn it up a notch and next week's story is going to be even better, I'm going to just say I'm probably going to back out of the the podcast for next (laughs) week. (laughs) Beamer, this isn't a one-upper deal, buddy. You don't have to keep one-upping it every time. Oh. I, I've hurt myself a lot. I don't think I can one up this. I really, I thought I was dead. 
There's no doubt about it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I want to say it was Sunday morning when you made the post from the hospital bed. You know, they had a picture of you there with the neck brace and back brace and stuff on in the bed. And I called Jeremy. I said, dude, have you heard from Beamer? I said, it looks like he has just about killed himself. I know he he's, you know, we've been on this luckiest man alive tangent, but there is no running game here. It's it's not a it's not a continual. It's, it, we're talking about past experiences. We don't have to add new ones to it. But uh, yeah, but we were we were glad to see that you had made the post because you know we didn't know anything about it until I saw the post. And then I think you tried to call me that day, and I tried calling you back, and I said, "Well, he may be under medication or or be hurting, and you know we'll catch up with him later." But yeah, it, yeah it, from what you've said, it is all but a nothing but a miracle that you're still here. I mean, so many things went wrong, and like you say, in a split second, it all went wrong. So, yeah, and 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 to be cautious, um, you know, because I've witnessed a guy a, a tree kicking back and breaking his pelvic bone and busting all his ribs and shooting him 15 feet backwards, you know, and there is that respect that you have and. So they call this a widow maker when it when it's hasn't fallen. When it's either dead, hanging, or already cut, leaning. I've got one at my house. A couple of years ago, I had a windstorm came through and it knocked a big oak tree that was hollow about ten foot up over into another oak tree. And my wife asked from time to time, "When am I going to fool with it?" And it's like I'm not going to fool with it. Yes, I could go throw a chain around it and probably drag it off there with my truck, but. I'm not going to fool with it. The good Lord will take it all the way down when he's ready. I tell the kids to make sure they stay away from it. We don't ride buggies near it. We don't take tractors near it. We stay way away from it because it only takes, like I say, it only takes a blink of an eye and something irreparable or irreversible has happened. And, you know, it's too many horror stories. And, you know, and y'all are getting ready for deer season. Y'all were out there fooling with stuff, trying to, trying to clearing up y'all were at the camp weren't you oh yeah it's uh my, my deer season has taken a turn for the worst um but again it's a fall it's one fall it's one of those things that you look at from the you know i get to hug my kids uh i i get to you know five weeks or six weeks i'll have this cast off my foot hopefully everything's kind of healed there that i can screw around with them again that way i i can't be happier and I, I, you know, almost wish for this kind of stuff to happen to a lot of people in the world so that they would just do one thing and that's stop taking what is for granted. You know, this, this will put it in all perspectives for you. No doubt. Make you, make you stop and think about what's really more important. Right. This podcast, I wanted to make sure that I could get back and get on this with you guys because this is a part of my life and I love this. So I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to die. I wasn't going to give it up. Well, Beamer, we appreciate that greatly, but I believe the, the whole point to that was hug your kids tight and, uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah. tell the folks you love, you love them. And I know you love us, but you know, and, and all the listeners, but we, we're glad that you, you survived this and that you're coming out of it as well as you are. And hopefully it'll continue to go well. And so Boomer, were there any, any surgeries needed or anything like that? Uh, nope. Yet? Nope. They put all my wow. toes, they put all my toes back into place. Uh, they spurted outward, straight outward. Um, it, it's really cool. My wife was telling the, the trauma doctors that 
you guys really got to take a look at his toes. And they just kept blowing off. But if you took your hand and spread it, that's how my foot looked, okay? And, and I, if you had webbing between it, I would look like a goose. And it, the, all my toes were all spread as far as you could get them, just like you spread your hand out, like you were getting ready to palm a basketball. And they were stuck that way with no feeling and no movement. And the third set of scans that they did, a different uh, bone doctor came in. And they uh, numbed my foot, of course. Uh, all my toes were squirted forward out of the joint, so that's why they were locked. So th- they were all, <laughs> they were all, my foot was longer, about half inch longer, three quarters inch longer. Obviously, the foot was not their main concern whenever you rolled in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, and I, di- I didn't look, I didn't look that pretty either. I wasn't quite cleaned up. Um, like I said, when wearing those safety glasses, it was nuts because my face got just pressed out. Okay. First it hit me and knocked me down. That's one thing. But then when it slid and shifted again on my back of my head, uh, it pressed my face into every single stick, whatever, you know, and your arms aren't connected right there to your head where you can kind of push them out of the way. And, uh, it just smashed my face down. So, I mean, I was, uh, had stickers and twigs and everything sticking out of my face. Well, Beamer, walk us back through real quick. Now, when they when they got the tree off of you finally, the ambulance got there within just a few minutes, and they were able to get yeah. you on a backboard. Yeah, they put me in a backboard, and then they put my leg in a, a big long brace from my basically my hip down to try to keep it from blowing up. Uh, I remember telling them that, that they were like, "We're going to take your boot off and take a look at your foot." I'm like, oh, "No, you're not." <laughs> I yeah, said, leave that bad boy on. Uh, uh, we'll do that at the hospital. Okay. Let's just leave that boot on really tight. You know, it's just like we were talking about, Jeremy, with your motorcycle. You know, when you're racing motocross, you, those tight boots will hold a lot of stuff together. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're not untying that thing and pulling it off. Mm-mm. You know, get me to the pan if you're going to open the soup can. So did the did the people that was there with you did they, you know, do anything or they just kind of left you there waiting for the waiting for the paramedics to get there? Uh, they they strapped me down uh, really tight and and just kind of talked me and tried to keep me calm. Uh, it was bad enough that before I got on the board, I had my cell phone in my back pocket and I filmed telling my kids goodbye. And it wasn't like a melodramatic thing. You know, I told my wife and I told my kids and my wife goodbye. Um, I, I didn't think I'd live. I really didn't. I, I was, I was in such pain that, uh, in my back, uh, that I, I truly figured, you know, just one long little shift and, and my spinal column's going to get away and it's going to be a bad deal. But I mean, you didn't know what internal injuries you may have had. I mean, obviously you knew your, your back was, you know, you said you knew your back was broken, but you didn't know what internal injuries you may have. That, that's, that's what I, I really thought was going to be the, the issue. Uh, I thought when I got to the hospital, that, like my kidney and liver and, and all that stuff was just squished. And um, it, it's just amazing how, how your body can take a blow like that. I mean, I've wrecked cars and fell off motorcycles and flipped this and done that. And, you know, like we talked about the caribou hunt and falling down on the rocks, you know, breaking my ribs and breaking my leg with, you know, my caribou skull after I'd flipped the motorcycle. And it's just amazing how resilient your body really is. You know, what a, what a creation. 
Well, and all this after you just had surgery, what, a week before, two weeks before? That's, that's what's made this uh, transition a little tough. Um, they wanted to get me up and start rehabbing me right away at the hospital. And uh, they were like, well, put all your weight on your right leg. And I was like, seven days ago, you guys scoped my knee. <laughs> I don't know about putting all my weight on my right knee quite yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not really supposed to do that, period. And, uh, that, that's been the tough part. Like I can't kneel down because of my right leg, but we're getting by. I got a walker. I got a set of crutches and, uh, well, and Beamer, you had what, two surgeries already scheduled on yeah, the they shoulder. Got, they, they're supposed to be yesterday and today. I was supposed to get my elbow fixed where they put the ulnar nerve back in the spot. See, now why didn't that get broken? At the same well, time? Did you tell them just go ahead and do it all <laughs> while you're in there? You know, kind of like a, a wrecked car, just, you know, fix it all yeah. while you're here. Well, uh, I, I guess I want to redo. No, I guess I'm not going to. I don't think I want that. My 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 buddy Ryan, uh, him and his, his wonderful uh, girlfriend Ashley, they came over here, and she, she's also on the first responder squad, um, and Ryan's also a fireman. And they were they were telling me they said the the best thing about all this, and Ryan says he has nightmares because he watched it all happen. Okay, I felt it. He got to watch it right right at his feet. Um, he said the greatest thing that he's ever seen in life is when that 300 Weatherby mag hit me and I folded up, you know, and just come, just went poof and, and hit the ground with that tree on my back. He said about four second delay, then your arms started flailing and you were screaming cuss words. And he goes, that is the greatest sight ever. He goes, there is no way I thought you lived through this. He said, it just, it, it, he said it made you just pop. He said, you can hit it in an animal of 300 Weatherby mag with hollow points right through the shoulders and fold it up. He said, that's exactly what you were. He said, you just went, poof, poof. He said, then you were just laid there still. He goes, I thought you were just broke dead instantly. Beamer, I know this is a very serious topic and we're, we're not making light of it in any way. And I know you, you severely hurt yourself, <laughs> but you know, we, we do pick and play a lot, but. From looking back at this experience, would you advise the roly-poly maneuver again or run like hell? I didn't have any time to run. It was it was like three inches above my head. Okay, so roly-poly was the only position you could go to. That was the defensive armadillo curl-up position that was recommended at that time. Or I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess if I hadn't had my knee operated on. And I would have given a tenth of a nanosecond more. Let's say my knee was perfect. I, I would have juked right and, and, and cleared myself. Now, the crazy thing is, is this is a giant tree. Uh, now, Grant, I hit up in the top part with the forks. But, you know, you sit there and you go, well, I could have run to the right. And, and I could have. Um, you know, I have, if my knee had been fine, and I was probably 10 years younger, there's a good chance I'd have got completely out of the way of it. Uh, with that being said, though, do you run out in front of one of the big branches? You know? Yeah. Who, who's to say? And, and you can't tell that rolling up in the roly-poly probably was not. Um, you know, it, 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 I can't even, I can't tell you how quick this happened. And... I heard Ryan scream, Beamer, get out of there, and it just crashed, thumped me. Wow. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. That's one of those things, you know, 
it, what what could have been, you know, if anything would have been done different. But gosh, I don't know. Well, and, and here you are, you know, you sit there and you go, I've got a hard hat on. I've got my safety glasses on. You know, i got hearing protection on. You know, I'm actually paying attention to things. And I, I never, I, I can see it now, how it played out. You know, there's always that straw that broke the camel's back in that one poplar tree it was leaned against was that straw. And, you know, it kinked Ryan's chainsaw bar. And, and rather than, you know, let's try to figure out a way around it, I pushed and holy cow, you know, I, I spread it enough that it, it you know, because it didn't have a trunk. You know, it wasn't tied to the ground where it can't rotate right or left. It can just come down. You know, when it's bent over as an L, you know, they can't go right, left necessarily. You know, they're going to come the way that they're leaning. This thing rotated. It spun on the, it was completely off the trunk. So it, it could do whatever it wanted to. Well, and I wonder, you know, if his bar hadn't stuck, if it had gotten him. Uh, there's so many things to think about like that, you know. You know, you think right about it. That hug your kids, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, no is, doubt. Tell them you love them every day. You just don't know when it's going to end, you know. And and I, I'm a cockroach. I, I, I just keep coming out from underneath the rock, no matter what nuclear war has blow up around me. And I just, I'm so grateful. I mean, I am so grateful. Um, you know, uh, we had really bad cell reception. And I, I asked to call my wife, and I told her, uh, screaming, uh, that they're going to medevac me out, and it's bad. But just, just get rid of, take the kids, get them to their mother, and and it's going to be okay. But I'm, I'm hurt really bad. I didn't say okay. I, I said I was hurt really bad. And then Ryan got on the phone and tried to explain it to her, and then they dropped the call because poor reception because we were down this hill. And nobody could get back in touch with her until the ambulance got us up on top. You know, so, so you put people through god awful amounts of yeah, stress. Yeah, because she's thinking the absolute worst is that time. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, you know, when you hear med flight, you know, that's never a good combination of terms. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't give you helicopter tours for for no reason, and. uh they were there. I mean, they were fantastic. Those people there. And granted, I've always loved law enforcement, our first responders, military, everybody. I'm the most patriotic person you'll meet. But he, I had a doctor and I had uh, some super nurse in, in the helicopter with me. And uh, the people out in the field were able to get an IV started in me. And I have fairly large veins in my forearms and stuff. So they got that started and they were able to give me some pain relief out there. Uh, but when I got onto the helicopter, they were able to drug me up pretty good. How, how long was the flight, remember? You know? Uh, about 26 minutes. Good little ride. <laughs> a lot better than the hour and a half that ambulance bouncing <laughs> yeah. on road. Oh, no doubt about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, well yeah, until I the bill. Um, but what do you do? I mean, uh, could you imagine if I'd have been out there by myself or just Ryan and I, and there hadn't been people to help him get that off? Well, we I'd would probably it. not be I having mean, this conversation right now. No, I mean, and, and that's how people get killed. You know, and I came out here, uh, on a walker. There's a gentleman and him and his crew are doing some landscaping at the house. I mentioned how it happened, and he said, there's three friends 
50, 58, and a 63 just in the last three years. Three really good friends of his have been killed cutting trees down on their own farms. Yeah, yeah. so you maybe know, I was were, always meant for ground blinds. In in our part of the country, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of timber, a lot of big, tall timber. And we grew up cutting firewood. We grew up cutting trees. And, you know, looking back at some of the things that we've seen happen, you know, you cut one off the stump and it jump off the stump and bounce on the ground, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hit a tree and roll and spin. There's many a day that something could have gone wrong real bad and it just didn't. It just wasn't our time yet. Uh, and I know everybody that's listening to this, you know, probably has a, a thought that's going through their head right now of something they've done that just didn't, didn't go as it was you visualized it to begin with and it, it doesn't take but just a second and you know your whole world changes and that's that's what it sounds like happened to you but now i've got one real serious question the video that you took saying goodbye to your kids and your wife have you showed it to them or did you delete it no i, I showed it to my kids um uh, i i they they they've always known me um to be this guy that gets busted up or whatever and then just kind of walks through it i've always said you know rub dirt on it come on now and and walk out of it and they were kind of shocked to see that i couldn't just say rub dirt on it that when they came over here i have a neck brace on and a back brace on and my legs in a cast and i'm sore you know i the the pain meds uh, i'm off of them completely but they ended three days ago and my daughter came over here two days ago and uh She's like, Dad, how bad does it hurt? And I'm like, I feel like I got hit by a train. And and for people that, they, a lot of people say that a lot of the time. Um, I, I, I've been through a lot of pain. I know what pain is. Um, I said, I tell you what, I'm going to show you what Daddy wanted to tell you guys. Uh, just so you know that, you know, I love you with all my heart. And I, I played that video. And my daughter, I, I thought she was going to die. Um, she's like, you were really hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'll say goodbye, honey. I, daddy, daddy was hurt. She's like, let's not do that anymore. Like, deal. You got it. Mm-mm. Yeah. But if it wasn't in the script, let's never put it in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it got real serious. Life gets serious at times. And, uh, you know, we can't control it. But I tell you what, it, it's one of those things. Don't take it for granted. Oh my goodness. Well, and you know, we've all we've all had those opportunities where we probably shouldn't have been here. Still, you know, I was in a meeting several years ago, and they asked what was the greatest accomplishment of your, you know, what do you feel like your greatest accomplishment is? And I looked at the guy and I said, I'm still here. He said, What do you mean? I said, Look, as many dumb things as we've done over the years. There's a many a time it could have gone the other way real quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, live longer than I expected to many a time. So, uh, you, you definitely like skirting that line, seems like a lot. <laughs> that why don't we, well, uh, why don't we stay away from that line just a little bit more, Beamer? Well, I, I, I think it's really time to do the second write of the book, the, the rewrite of the book. And, and anybody that's out there, um, if anybody is a character artist, I mean, just a sketch fun artist, all right, they can draw silly stuff fast. I don't want 
detail and I don't need fluff to this. But there's 20 chapters in my current book and there'll probably be 40 more chapters added to it. So you're going to have like 60 drawings. Uh, I need somebody to get a hold of me. You go into Beamer Home at MSN.com. Email me on my private email. If anybody's listening, anybody out there is a character artist and wants to take a crack at this assignment of adding a lot of humor in my rewrite on this book. And a Beamer, tell everybody what the name of that book is. That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> and it's available on Amazon. <laughs> How ironic. That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> yeah, by, by, yeah, by Keith Beam. You'll see it on Amazon. <laughs> so not Luckiest Man Alive. Is the, is the rewrite edition, you know, are you going to have a chapter Luckiest Man Alive in there at all? Or just that's going to leave a mark? I, th- I think it'll just probably be the rewrite of it. But the summation will be the luckiest man on earth. Um you know, and and I still believe I I believed it before the other day that that I was that. You know, I've been told that by a lot of people. You know, most of the time I didn't want to hear it from people, but when when they twisted the story in in a positive way rather than a negative way, it sure made me seem like I'm the luckiest man on earth. So I can promise you, as of two Saturdays ago at 9:30 in the morning, I am the luckiest man on earth because I took a picture of myself in a hard hat, and five minutes, ten minutes later. <laughs> that hard hat saved my life. Now, and, did you uh, keep the hard hat? Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. That might need it, to be it, the cover picture. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, if you go onto Amazon and you look at my cover photo on the book, you will laugh. Um, <laughs> it, it's a broken bone with screws in it, and um, there's me typing uh, with my arm in a cast. So. That's a pretty neat little cover. Now, Beamer, some people might think Luckiest Man Alive is the guy that has done everything and has not hurt himself. Yeah, no, he has. He doesn't have any experience. He doesn't have the, and it, you know, <laughs> amateur status. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got friends that, that have run with me for thirty years that have never had sutures, never had a surgery, never had a broken bone. And they just don't appreciate what it's like to wake up in the morning wondering how your first 30 steps are going to be. Well, see, I'm almost yeah. thinking instead of luckiest, we might need to change it to unluckiest man alive. I mean, no. No, you, it's a, you it's are definitely glass, accident half, half prone. Broke. What's that, Jerry? I said there is no doubt you are accident prone. There is no if and or buts about that one. Oh. Yeah, but I'm like you, Boomer. You, you know, you look at the glass half empty or half full, you know? Yeah. It's like my, <laughs> my, my, my glass is half broke, you know? Yours is broke <laughs> off. And, and, and that's, that's how I look at it. I mean, mine still, mine still can drink water out of it. So I get just, some shards of glass. Just may cut your you lip doing it. Yeah. <laughs> just be careful. Just be careful. It's all good. Well, you know, Beamer, we were always told as chaps and, you know, I, I still tell kids, picket kids, and tell them this. You know, chicks dig scars. <laughs> well, you should uh-huh. be a hot commodity, baby. That's all I can tell you. You should. Well, I, that might be the whole case, and that might be what God's trying to do because He looked at my looks and He goes, "Whoa, we got to hurt this boy bad. We got to add another one to him. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to get any attention looking like he does. The best thing we can do is break him in half." 
Yeah, this old boy needs some help. Yeah, that's right. That face for radio is perfect with scars. <laughs> that's horrible. Oh goodness, Beamer. <laughs> that is horrible. Hey, but you know what? Let, let, let's 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 have some fun. Let's let's talk some stuff. I was able, even as crippled as I was, I, I was able to uh, go out and film some new product. I got to tell you guys about something new. I don't even know if we have it on the website yet, so I might get in trouble for saying this. Have you, you, you guys know our blinds. We've got the muddy blinds, and we've got the down and out blinds, and we've got the hub style blinds, and we've got all these kind of blinds, right? Yep. Well, yep. we offer these two elevated platform systems. One's the deluxe, and one's the elite power. Now, the elite is like a semi, it's designed to hold up the muddy bowl blinds, the hard sided blinds. But the deluxe is perfect for all other blinds, and it is heavy duty. So I got to go out and film. I, I wasn't able to construct or do anything. I kind of had to act like a director, which I hate doing. I'd, I'd prefer to be a hands on. But we took the down and out blinds, and we put them on a five foot tower, and we put them on the 10 foot tower. So now you got these elevated, uh, permanent portable blinds that, uh, set up quick. We've had these great conversations on the down and out. Now, now I've got them on these platforms, but we did one better yet. That's a new product we're coming out for. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble talking about it. <laughs> I don't care. I'm alive. I, uh, I, I, we, we've got skids and it's this super neat bent skid package that you take these blinds, whether you got a five foot or 10 foot elevation bold it to these skids and you can move it from position to position to position and I got to film it and it was cool so if I'm going to fall out of a blind and get hurt now I have the ability of moving it from location and to location and then maybe move it closer to the cabin if I'm going to fall out of it so so, so this is the type you, you put your blind on and it has skids on it to where it would just move everything all at one time. You got it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. We 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 filmed it. It's the coolest thing. And I mean, we took it through some bumps and bruises and some tilted terrain and stuff like that. You know, just testing this whole thing out. And it, it was it was really cool. Now I'm not trying to get off topic on that, but that's that's what I got to do since I've been hurt. I was able to go out and and uh, film film doing that. Well, that's what I was about to ask. How did the filming go being the shape you were in? Um, things like good camera stabilization, good, good tripod, and and smaller cameras like GoPros that really have stabilization built really well into them. Uh, they make it still look like I'm a hero behind a camera. And it looks like I know what I'm doing. They're just a lot smarter than humans, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a neat thing. So they were just able to prop you up, and you could uh, you could do your, do, do your thing behind the camera. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie. <laughs> I was I was going back to the old song, "Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like they told us in the first time we went to Africa. Tim Wells and I and Brooks went over there. You and Tim Wells from Relentless Pursuit, a spear chucking crazy man that kills things with blowguns and throws spears into grizzly bears. We're over there in Africa together on our very first trip. And Clayton was our PH. He was the owner. He said, I think I told you, yeah, Tim, Tim, did I tell you the story that Tim wore his brand new snake boots to breakfast the first morning? Did I mm -hmm. tell you that? I don't think so. All right. So this is our very first trip to Africa. We've never been there. We get there at night 
there are lions roaring everywhere around us. Uh, Brooks and I are in a thatch hut and we're thinking, okay, this is crazy. I, I can't take this. Well, the next morning, Clayton's laughing. He meets us there at breakfast at the beautiful, beautiful salt, uh, soapstone hut, whatever. He's like, you hear all the lions? And we're like, yeah, are they just roaming around? He's like, no, we're the largest, whatever, owner, breeder, whatever. We had 270 pairs or whatever. So there's lots of lions there. And uh, I said, wow, how do you even sleep? And he goes, you get used to it. So he looks down, and Tim Wells has a brand-new pair of snake boots on. And he's like, Jim, I see you have new snake boots. Tim's like, yeah. He's like, that's good, because the mamba strike you right between the eyes. <laughs> and we just burst out laughing, you know. <laughs> so so you're, you're sitting there at breakfast, and you're trying to get the feel for Africa. You didn't sleep last night. You're fired up. You get there. There's lions roaring. And so far, Clayton's told you one thing, and that's a mamba's going to strike me right between the eyes. And I am the most accident-prone person in the world, and I'm in a third-world country. This is going to be a great combination of things. So I decided to ask Clayton and, and, and Leah, his sister, a question at breakfast. I said, just, just, just out of like, you know, shits and giggles. Oops, pardon my language. Uh, beeps and giggles that what happens if I do get bit by a mamba? And they said, well, there is an anti venom. Uh, it's $5,000 a vial and it expires like every 45 days. So we don't have any here. Um, he said, uh, what you'll want to do is find yourself a really nice tree with a little shade under it and just sit there. And I said, and then what? You'll be dead in three minutes. So, yeah. He said, just find yourself a good tree and just lean up against it. Yeah, get peaceful. Out. Get peaceful. Yeah. So that was my that was my uh, first trip there. You know, so snake boots in Africa. Yeah, that's a good story. The, the mama strike you right between the eyes. Apparently, you need a snake face mask. I, I, I need, I need a, I need a bubble, just <laughs> a, bu a bunch of bubbles. That's what I need. <laughs> bubble wrap layer. Mm -hmm. well, yep. What have you guys uh, done fun in the time that I've got narcotics and, and braces put on me? Tell me something fun you guys have done. You guys, dove season started. Dove season did start, and um, I don't have much to report on my end. We were. We had a shoot lined up over to Buddy of Mine's place, and as you know, we talked in, I guess it was our, maybe our last episode, that we had we had Hurricane Laura come through, and that she did not do us any justice to our uh, our dove field. And from what, you know, looking at it a few days before, we, we had a, thought we had plenty of doves to, you know, have a decent shoot, but Hurricane Laura come through, and man, I guess they, uh, I guess they rode with Laura on out, and uh, we didn't. <laughs> We didn't, uh, I mean, we had some birds there, but didn't, didn't feel like it was going to be, you know, good enough to have people out there and have a good shoot. So we just, uh, we pushed it to the side and, uh, we do have teal season open up this weekend. I know this is going to air, you know, after, after the fact, but, uh, but looking forward to that. And I had some reports here lately of some, some birds being in the area, but other than that, man, while you've been, uh, while you've been out having all your fun, we've spent a good amount of time at a uh, at motocross tracks with my youngins. Nice. We've been we've been wide open with that, trying to close out a uh, Louisiana state championship series that both of them were racing in. Supposed to have our final uh, two races back to back on a Saturday Sunday, and and yet again, old Hurricane Laura took care of uh, took care of that. So that has been pushed back to mid October. So. 
kids are uh, have a little bit more time to prepare for it. And hopefully, hopefully we'll close that that little series out pretty well. Nice, nice. Now, what age class? So my youngest one, he is uh, he just turned five, so he's racing in the 50cc four to six limited class. <laughs> and then awesome. my, my, so yeah, he's he's riding a KTM 50. And do it, do it really well. He's, uh, I would say he's the youngest one in the class. And you know, with AMA rules, whatever the kid's age is on January one of that year. So realistically, there's some seven year olds racing with him. And, uh, right. if you go, if you go by that, that age, he was four, uh, when the <laughs> series started. And yeah. he's the youngest one. He's third in points. It's been about 15 riders out there. So, uh, it was, it was, I mean, his first race was this series and, He's uh he's doing really well. He's he's learning a lot and uh and getting getting better almost about every every time he spins a wheel on the track. And my oldest son, he's uh he's eight. He'll be nine in December, so he's racing the sixty five CC seven to nine class. And uh but yeah, that's what uh that's what we've been doing here lately while while you've been off trying to trying to recuperate from a uh encounter with Bark. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I was playing with Bark. Yep. <laughs> they yep. were making they were making human kindling. Mm-hmm. Well, the wood. Well, that, that's yep. really cool. When I was six years old, I had a, a Honda MR50, and my brothers both raced motocross. And we didn't have young motocross back then. We had um, uh, flat track racing. The youngsters could do, and they did it, uh, oh, wow. in, it in the the middle of the uh, dirt. Uh, stock car races. So, uh, my brother put XR75, Honda XR75 gearing on it. And so it didn't have a lot of torque when it took off, but I had a run, but I had a really good top <laughs> end on it. Yeah. I crashed. Yeah. I crashed. Yeah. That, that doesn't probably surprise you guys. But no, no, no that's what bit. I was about to ask. How many laps did it take before you crashed out? But. One. <laughs> One. <laughs> Yeah, I bent, I bent, bent my handlebars back on it. I, I kind of hit the wall. I, I, you know, you can't really drift, you know, when you're that little. Yeah. And now I, I, now I would have the call to go, let's go ahead and make this thing, you know, point back the other direction. Just give her, he- you know, give her heck. I already swore once on this thing. It's, it's okay. It's, you know, I got to watch it. I don't think there's but, a, a limit. But, uh. Well, talking about that, um, tell you another quick story about, about our, uh, about our recent motocross course. So my oldest son, he uh he's not quite as competitive as the as my youngest one. I mean he enjoys riding, he loves it, he likes racing. But uh he's just he doesn't get overly aggressive with, with racing. I mean he just he's having a good time and that's 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 great. So I'm trying to get him to use brakes. He doesn't like to use brakes. And uh which which would be a good thing, but he goes slow enough in certain places around the track or he just doesn't have to use his brakes, but he kind of got caught up in the competition. It was, it was the last race we were at. He got, it was a kid in front of him and, and he was catching him, you know, every lap, every lap he was catching him. And I told my wife, I said, he's going to make a pass on that kid. I, I just have a feeling. Well, that this track we were racing at, they were pretty familiar with. We had practiced there a pretty good bit, but they just recently redone the track and they took a, uh, they took a straight of the way and just put a roller in it, right? I don't know, probably 30, 20, 30 foot before a turn. And, um, and it was on the last lap and he was, he knew he was catching that kid and he went over that roller a little fast. And then he had a, he had a, a 90 degree banking turn to the right. And, uh, and again, he never touched a brake. So he comes over this, this roller 
had a pretty good bit of steam, had about a four, four or five foot berm, uh, going around this turn and over the berm he goes. And, um, and I wasn't there to see it. My wife, she was on the golf cart. She was a little bit closer to that area of the track. And so I was sitting there watching and, uh, and I was watching coming over a jump and I saw the two kids I was in front of him and then the kid he was getting close to come over and I sit there and watch, and watch <laughs> and the kid and it was kids behind him. Here they come. And I'm like, Oh crap, he's down. So I take over there and I see my wife running as fast as she can over there. And I'm like, well, he's, he, he's done something good. So I get around over there and he has stood up at this point and the bike is the whole front end of the bike's all mauled up. And, and so she's <laughs> checking on him, you know, making sure he's okay. And he's kind of, you know, all checking up pretty good. And I grab the bike, pick it up and the handlebars are all mauled up. And, and I said, son, are you, are you going to finish? He said, yes, sir. I'm going to, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I said, well, I said, well, it's going to be a challenge with this, this front end of this bike looking like this. <laughs> so Papa Wheatley. I got it, I, I got it cranked up and, um, and he takes off and, uh, and he rides quite possibly the slowest lap you could ride. But, uh, I gave him a big hug when he got back oh. on the cutter. I said, I said, you know what? You got back on it. You finished the race. I said, uh, I said, you did a great job. So then we started taking his clothes off and seeing where the bumps and bruises were about to start. And he, uh, he had some good ones. He's about, about over it now. But, uh, needless to say, we've started touching those brakes a little bit when, uh, <laughs> when, when situations like that arise. Funny how things teach you lessons, right? Uh huh. I think it, what is it? The mother of all inventions or the mother of all necessities or something like that. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, yep. Beamer, to to add a little bit to that, Jeremy's youngest son has one speed. <laughs> it's wide open. It. That is so perfect. There's a four-year-old on that track that knows nothing but gapped out wide open. He's he's yeah. not slowing down for much. Uh, no. You know, it, awesome. and guys, y'all, y'all are talking about doing this at a younger age. Jeremy, I know you started riding at a younger age, but... Thanks to the wisdom my mother had back in that time, we were never allowed to have anything motorized. (laughs) We had horses and we had donkeys, and we barely survived them. But growing up on a cattle farm, Mama told us quick that y'all will wind up in barbed wire. I know where y'all will be. Uh, You know, three-wheelers, four-wheelers really weren't out back then at all, and you know, had uncles, had family members, had the big red three wheelers, and oh yeah, some had some dirt bikes and stuff. But we were never allowed to get anywhere near them. And looking back, that was probably the the best decision she ever made for us in in that regard. Uh, now we were allowed on the tractor, and like I say, horses, and we had old donkey. We used to ride all over, and oh, there was a many a many a story and a many a scar come from that hard headed thing, but. Yeah, we, we were fortunate enough she didn't allow us, but when I got into college, I had some good friends that rode dirt bikes, so I bought one, and I learned real quick that I could go <laughs> real fast, and I stopped <laughs> even faster. When you hit things. Oh, yes, sir. It, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was bad, uh, but I did learn, and before we get off here, I know we're running out of time, I had gone and run a few races with some buddies, and there was a young kid that was like 14 running a 125 and we were all running 250s. I come over a tabletop jump and I'm in first. Uh, I'm leading the pack. I'm, I'm coming good. I'm, I come off the jump and the kid passes me in the air above me. 
<laughs> on a 125. And when I landed down, when I finished, I said, you know what? I think that might tell me just how good I am actually. Uh, when that, <laughs> and we had watched this kid ride all around that track that day. He popped a wheelie everywhere he rode. He just stayed on that back tire everywhere he went. It's like, you know, I can pop a wheelie and ride it, but I can't go everywhere I want to with it. His handling of his bike was so far superior to us that it wasn't even funny. And like I say, at 14, he was riding Team Honda. You know, he was already sponsored, and we were, you know, doing everything we could to pay for repairs because every time you ride one, you've got to work on it, so. Oh, yeah. Well, think about Jeremy's kids, you know, four and seven and eight. I mean, wait, wait till they're 14. They'll make they'll make that bike stand on end. Well, we know who the mechanic is. So we were going to record. Yeah, we, we ride or we ride on the weekends. We work on it all week. I actually my littlest one. So, you know, I don't know if people out there have ever have ever had a 50 cc two stroke water cooled bike. But they run like a scalded ape, but there's work to keep it running like a scalded uh-huh. ape. I mean, you got a, you literally they, got a pit, you got a piston the size of a Gatorade top going 9,000 RPMs and, uh, generating all this horsepower power out of a, basically a weed eater motor almost. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you're, you're going to work on this thing. And I have learned that. I'm telling you, my gosh, now, I got, go ahead, Beamer. Do, do, do they eat points? Do they still have points in them? No, no, it's, it's a little bit different technology these days. Um, but it's right. just, uh, it's just all kind of little stuff. I mean, the, the motor generates so much heat. I got the clutches tore out of it, right? And I tore the clutches out of it last night. And, um, I ordered all new clutch discs and springs today to, to get it back going. I mean, it's just, it's always something. But I tell you what, I mean, this is, this has probably been one of the most enjoyable things that I have been able to do especially with my kids i mean it's just uh i mean i grew up doing it my dad grew up racing so i, I grew up around it now my kids are getting to do it i mean this is just uh my wife and i pretty much devoted all of our spare time to it and uh i'm sure we'll have some some good beamer like stories to go along with it but we haven't yeah. knock on wood we haven't went to the er with one of them yet not not dirt bike related my littlest one he had stitches when he was about two but um, that was not dirt bike related, so I'm sure it won't be long. We'll uh, we'll have a good beamer like story. Hopefully, it's not as severe as the last one. <laughs> I would I would I would be happy not for your children, but for anybody that's listening or you guys. I'll, I'll happily hand you the torch. You know, I, I, will hand, I will hand it over and I'll walk away quietly. It will not be an ego thing. I'll just vaporize. I'll just 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 here it is. This is you guys win. Take it over. Well, if there's a little soul in this world that may be able to tote it, it's got to be my youngest one. He's, uh, he's going to learn a lot of things the hard way. I can go ahead and tell that. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> that if Beamer already has 60 chapters for his book, that's enough. It's, it's yeah. time to pass the torch on. He's done his yeah, part. Yeah. Let's, let's see if somebody else wants to step up and take over from there. But guys, oh, we man. are, well, we are running out of time. We are. We are. Beamer, I enjoyed it, man. And next week, we're going to have a topic focused on hunting, the outdoors, and not what the latest crash, breakup Beamer has been through, okay? <laughs> well, it is, it is country talk, right? That's no it. doubt. That's no it. doubt. We it, cover it, it many a many topics. We cover a <laughs> lot of topics. But Oh, uh, well, guys, I enjoyed it. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed it. This episode of Outdoor Country Talk. 
God bless. 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 God bless.